urban life. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? This is OT. Yo, this is Irshad, man. All right, so major announcement. This is not an episode. I repeat, this is not an episode. This is actually a special. We decided to not do an episode this week specifically for this reason, which is that this episode is actually about a panel discussion called the future of the UAE music industry, which I'm going to leave Irshad to kind of give you a quick brief on it. But um, before we get into that, I first want to thank everybody that has been supporting us from day one. I mean, major, major shout out to all of you guys that has been showing us love and support from the start. It means a lot to us, be it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Like, we, we really appreciate the love. We're actually working on launching the website soon, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Jibba, just walk them through it, what happened, um, what are your thoughts, and why pretty much are we doing this? Yeah, so basically, uh, I was asked to moderate the uh, panel, and it was uh, it was held at the Intersect by Lexus, which is a really nice venue down at the IFC. Go check it out. Go check it out. Um, we kind of uh, last minute we we realized it'd be cool to sort of capture some audio of the whole thing, and we just pulled out a phone and uh, took audio. So the audio is a bit rough. We tried to um, mix it down in the best way possible so you can hear everything. I apologize in advance if it's not clear some bits, but generally I think it's, it's at a good place. Uh, and um, yeah, it was a lively discussion. A lot of people in the audience uh, were uh, musicians in Dubai. The panelists were um, uh, Mike Fairburn, general manager of Sony Music Entertainment. Uh, Vativa Basmajain, he's the regional product manager of Virgin Megastore. We had Lee Charteris, uh, Vice President uh, of Operations at Flash Entertainment. We had Nerdsees, co-founder of White Cube Studios. Uh, we had Simon Coates, founder of Tsetse Fly Middle East. And uh, we had DJ Mo City, um, music entrepreneur slash international a &R agent slash DJ. So, Toothless, like, you've been MIA all weekend, man. I haven't seen you throughout the whole thing. What have you been up to? What's up, OT? What's up, Jibberish? This is Faraz Ibrahim, also known as Toothless. Reporting live and direct from the Red Bull Music Academy base camp. Oh, for real? That's dope. Nice one. So, um, how was the event, man? Tell us more about it. The weekend was crazy. It was a complete Red Bull weekend takeover. Shout out to Marina, shout out to Sean and all the team, all the Illuminis, the sound engineers, the lecturers. Man, shout out to the chefs too, man. The food was completely dope. Uh, just to wrap up the whole event, um, we had the first day. The highlights were, were the orientation and the experimental performances. We had a we had a, a DJ set by uh, by this Bahraini DJ called Cosmo, and uh, another experimental set uh, by um, Zahid Sultan. The second day, we we held a private party in uh, in the Fairmont penthouse where Narsi and the Recipe gave a crazy performance. Shout out to Narsi and city for putting me on the spot third day uh was a performance and a lecture by giles peterson he's a he's a living legend right now and uh, fourth day was an experimental lecture by these two sound sound engineers and sound designers um and fifth day was a performance by dorian concept which i completely style i couldn't go because because throughout the whole four days before it we just let slept like three hours crazy time crazy experience and shout out to all the artists that came over uh, from all over the region from from India to Jordan to Kuwait just beautiful people
beautiful man doing beautiful stuff and i'll be back i'll be right there by the decat all right nice one thanks man all right you guys so here's the panel discussion don't forget be sure to rate and review us on itunes podcast as well as soundcloud let us know how you feel and definitely for all the musicians out there anybody who's involved or is trying to get involved in the UAE music industry, this is a great conversation. Check it out, tune in, and be sure to leave your comments, thoughts about it, anything you'd like to say. And from our understanding, hopefully, we're trying to actually have a second edition of the music panel discussion, and we'll be sure to inform you and give you more information on that as the date comes. So keep it locked. Oh, yeah, and once again, shout-out to Brown Book and Denise Wheeler for helping put that, uh, making that happen, you know what I mean? Salute. Um, Mark, Mark Hill from Rice Lawyers was supposed to be here, but he has a migraine, so he sends his apologies. Um, can we start with my, uh, just everyone? What we're going to do, we're going to go uh, one by one and on a macro level talk about the top trends that you're seeing in music today. Uh, would you like to start representing religion? Okay. LDAE um, or in. Globally? Well, um, the interesting thing is that uh, I was reading the other day and uh, there was this uh, interesting article and it said that when radio was first introduced, uh, people were saying that radio is going to cause the destruction of the music industry, and uh, which is funny now because radio and music industry go hand in hand. Uh, I guess um, uh, the music industry is, has been around for a very long time and I think it's going to continue going. The trend now is obviously streaming, uh, that's the latest thing and uh, the major players are going into it now. Uh, I'm, Angami is the one local or you know, uh, the Middle East based uh, company who's doing streaming. Uh, legally, I guess. Uh, another thing, uh, another trend is vinyl. LPs are making a comeback, or made a comeback already, and uh, it's very interesting to see that young people uh, are coming into the store asking for vinyls. Uh, probably uh, they're also borrowing their granddad's vinyl player, <laughs> player yeah. or you know, uh, collection. So you're basically seeing changes in... Uh... So it's it's a bit um, interesting because there's two ways. There's the technological way, which is the streaming and, and the old, old school, which is vinyl, so... Okay, thank you. Uh, Simon? Yeah, I think I'd add to that the, um, the audio cassette. Mm. Apparently that is now a big deal. Um, you're involved in some kind of uh, label, I think, that handles tapes? No. <laughs> I read it wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. I used to work for a record label in the UK. Okay. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, the, the following on from vinyl, I think, this, there is this kind of, um, is it a trend to kind of rediscover old formats? And, and I think what's interesting for me living in this part of the world is that, you know, you can go into a, an elect electronic shop where you can go to Carrefour and you can actually buy a tape back, mm. you know. It's as if they never kind of went away. But I think in the UK, it's been rediscovered in the same way that the vinyl's been discovered um, or rediscovered on there. I don't really know where that's going to go because, you know, they're not the most prepossessing uh, format 
the other one need to come across. Um, but I think that that trend's going to be interesting to, to watch out for. Yeah. You know, 70XX, I don't know, with bike cylinders, you know, could go that way. Mm. Um, but I think for me as well, you know, as a consumer, I never thought I'd stream music. You know, I always thought it was all about the physical format, but no, you know, I, I, I've, I follow that route now. Um, and I think in this part of the world, where there's less access to, to music retail in general, um, you know, apart from Virgin, you know, what the choice is, you know, you don't have, there's so much choice. Let's get into that in a exactly. bit. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Okay. Uh, Nazis? Yeah. It's the same question about what are the trends? Yeah, from your, I mean, you're like you're, you're you're coming from the artist management side, right? Yeah. What are the trends you're seeing? Um, it's that that's kind of the perspective that I wanted to share, or at least that I think we're aware of. There's a lot of people doing it themselves. There's a lot of content now out there, um, and just the, I think the quantity that people have been able to put out there is changing. The, the way you can publish yourself is changing um, with YouTube and and. You're, you know, everyone has access to creating their own music and putting it up there, so it's a great time to be around. Where, right, you know, yeah. artists are more empowered now. Yeah, definitely. Um, <coughs> and there's a quality dimension that comes with that, and the, you know, with the modern hits, the, the Justin Bieber's who are, you know, mixing it up with Skrillex, they they're still funneling it through a, a very high-end studio, um, and you can hear that. But uh, I think. The DIY stuff's gonna catch up with that very, very quickly. So, okay. Yeah, okay. We don't need an SSL anymore. Okay. So, Most city from the. 264 crew. 264. Uh, I guess what's trending right now are DJs. DJs are definitely trending more than anything else in the last two years or maybe three years. DJs have taken over the big stages and you can see them everywhere from clubs to like live arena shows. Uh, self uh, crowdfunded events. People are crowdfunding events at the moment. A lot of people want to see a project, they make the project happen. So you go Kickstarter, start a project, and yeah, a lot of that is happening right now. I'm not sure if it's happening in the UAE, but I see it happening all over the world. Uh, independent labels are right now booming. Uh, people are not buying music, but they're buying vinyl. That's trending. And uh, yeah, I think that's. That's currently trending right now. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Uh, well, that's covered quite a lot of this. Right, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right? No one's buying CDs anymore. That's a good trend. No, there's, um, there's a lot of things happening. Um, I think uh, we talked about digital. I, I think the biggest thing for me is that um, artists can monetize a lot better now, and, and a lot, there's a lot far more ways for artists to to generate income and you know, people say oh, streaming's killed the, the, the artist music business, but actually the way to, to monetize through platforms like YouTube and through MCNs and also through Instagram. There's a, I don't know if you saw the UK investment uh, banker just set up a Nashimi, this new app in the UK that allows artists to put their Instagram feeds through the app and actually get brand money direct from the app, kind of accept campaigns or to not accept campaigns. So you're gonna see like the ecosystem of around artists, like digitally, companies setting things up to help artists make money, um, I think is developing at a rapid pace. And I think we're gonna see a huge amount of development over the next, well, over the next couple of years for sure. Um, that's kind of, for me, that's a, that's a massive trend and, and a really important trend. As of, as of Sony Music, 
Um, we're in the singles game now, um, so the trend is all about singles. It's all about putting out content. It's all about putting out music quickly and in rapid succession. There's an awful amount of music out there for people to choose from in order for you to be competitive and for art our artists to be competitive, they need to be current and regular. Um, the quality, of course, needs to be there, so it puts a lot of pressure on that. But but I would say um, singles and, and lots of it, lots of music is is kind of the overwhelming kind of conversations that we tend to have internally. Um, and there's a whole of other stuff that we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Um, thankfully, as a concert promoter, uh, I don't think it's a recent trend, but obviously live, performing live, is the way for artists seemingly to make the, the larger swathes of money right now. So I think um, the UE audience has benefited because obviously lots and lots of international acts have been into the UAE in the last few years. We've sold more and more tickets for for these shows. And I think, you know, while artists try and figure out, established artists, more, probably more so than new artists, while they, while they try to refigure out how they're going to make money, they uh, uh, they want to come and play for, you know, huge sums to big crowds, you know. I mean, DJs, dance music for sure. DJ fees right now, astronomical, crazy, crazy, crazy for the top guys. Um, but I think, aside from how will artists make money, live music is definitely on the up and up for sure. Okay. Um, Sorry. Yeah, uh, Snapchat and DJ Khaled are also trending. That's definitely trending. Also, my man Tuto, who's in the house, he's, uh, he's also trending on Snapchat right now. I think he's a million plus. That's right. All right, thanks. Uh, Mike. Uh, so, from a major label perspective, uh, how have the revenue streams changed? Has it changed? What, you know what I mean? What is it? Can you describe it? Good question. Um, let me spin that one. Uh, yeah, let's ask Tito, yeah. Well, let's ask Ollie as well, actually. Ollie's here as well. Good to see him. He's on the wrong label, but bless him. Um, so, how's it changed? Lee and I were talking earlier. Let me give you an analogy, right? So. Taylor Swift, the whole um, the whole issue with iTunes and Apple Music and her not wanting to put her music on Apple Music, and, and then Apple made the right decision and, and, and said, you know, we'll we'll pay artists during the three month free period, and that was the right decision. And Taylor put music back on. If she'd kept her music off Apple Music for the length of time Dave Grohl was off tour with his broken leg, she'd have lost around $750,000 and Dave Gore would have lost and did lose $10.2 million. So that gives you, you ask about revenue shifts within our business and that gives you a pretty, and that's public numbers, that's not me kind of giving you confidential numbers. So, so that just gives you an example of my man to the right here's business and, and our traditional business, I guess. So as a, as a, as a label, as a huge entertainment company, we're one of the biggest, in fact, we're part, we are the biggest entertainment group in the world with the rest of our Sony companies. You have to uh, change the way that you approach your business. So we've been re really slowly but surely getting over the fact that digital changed the game in 2000 and, and adjusting the way that we approach our business. And that's through live, through smarter artist relationships, through developing joint ventures, acquisitions, catalog, really, approaching the, the kind of non-traditional businesses in a far more aggressive way than we probably did pre-99, which you was meant, probably you, the last time artists sold, you know, would sell 10 to 15 million albums. You mentioned changing artists' relationships. What does that mean? Can you describe that? 
Um, well, yeah. how, how to change relationships? You, you know, I think it's understanding every area of their business a lot better. I, if, if that makes sense. I mean, you, you have to understand from being a recorded music business for 40 years to all of a sudden going, well, actually, we need to understand every aspect of the artist. And then, you know, you talk about artists on, we're joking there about Snapchat, but you, t you, you, know, you talk about just their social activity and the way they're monetizing and the way they're, they're operating as, a, as commercial entities. You know, they're not just studio, record, video, and out it goes. You know, you have to kind of understand every aspect of it. If you want to play in that, in that space, you know, if you don't want to play in that space, don't try and understand them, just give up, right? You know what I mean? But or, or, you've got to make an effort. And so, for us, as a let to be any label, frankly, you know, you have to understand every aspect of, of what an artist is about. And that's, that's not just the studio, it's, it's all sorts of areas, you know? In the UAE, right, I'm talking regionally. So, I mean, I think you're giving us a global perspective. Am I right or wrong? It's a broad, it's a broad. So in the UAE, is it different? Or regionally, Middle East, is it different? Yeah, the talent's talent, man. I mean, it's the same thing. They're just speaking different languages. But, I mean, ultimately, it's the same. Digital's made the business the same. If we were sitting here 12 years, 10 years, if we were sitting here when, when Lee and I first started out in Flash, what, eight years ago? Yeah, it's a different conversation. But now with digital, with the way that people are educated and exposed to different platforms and the way music travels and also the way that they can monetize themselves, the conversations are the same, whether you're in China or, or here or New York. But isn't there an issue over here about uh, collecting publishing and stuff? Oh, that's a whole different thing. Right, so, yeah, that's, so that's what I'm so saying. Like, over here, there's right. a publishing issue, right? Um, okay, if we talk about publishing, yeah, there is an issue here with the lack of a collection society, absolutely. And I think every artist in the room is aware, is massively aware of that. We're aware of that, so yeah. How, uh, is that being addressed? Is that being addressed? Is there some kind of push to change that? Change the rules around the publishing? I think everybody wants to see it change, yeah. Who's the person you have to go to, though? You know what I'm trying to say? That's a great question. If someone knows, could they give me a shout? Because I'd love to talk to them. Okay, if somebody knows, let us. Mark, Mark's not here, right? It would be right. I was going to ask him, so I'm throwing um, him to you. But I mean, Jay, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it started as, I think the, 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 the kind of discussion on the collection side started a long time before I took over at Sony, I think eight, nine years ago. I think they came close about four years ago, TCOM, I think. But um, right now, it's, a, it's an ongoing discussion that is happening. I mean, the discussion would have to be on the government level, right? Yeah. Let's keep yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a casual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's good. So we don't know who to reach out. I definitely think there are people working on it, but they're not here right now, so I can't really mention anything. But yeah. there are people, local people, trying to integrate music more into the society because music brings a lot of revenue to the UAE. So that is going to change, but it takes time, like everything else. Uh, I definitely got to highlight that artists are now j not just artists, you cannot just be a producer or a band. You have to be a social figure, you have, you have to do the figure. whole social media thing, you have to understand the business part of it, and that's what he's highlighting, you know, so just being a bedroom producer doesn't work anymore in 2016, you got to cover the whole business part of things, so, yeah. Uh, Vato, Virgin has an app, right? App, and I have a website. <laughs> <laughs> we have a website. You don't have an app? application like like a phone like, app, no, like a streaming have, service. No. We don't have this. Uh, we don't have a streaming service. No. Why Cube has an app? Uh, we have an e-commerce site that we recently launched, and uh, which you can all check out. 
uh, it's a very nice site. Uh, we're still very much in the physical. Uh, but um, continuing on what the guys were saying, artists are no longer just about music. It's um, their brand yeah. on, on their own. Like uh, if you take Beyonce, for example, she's a brand. Or Taylor Swift, she's a brand. It's a brand name. It's the image is being uh, managed. Uh, whatever is being put out there is being managed. Uh, uh, so it's... Well, I mean, why, why I brought up the app thing is because Angami has yeah. inter entered that playing field, right? Yeah, we work with Angami. Uh, we work with Angami from the Daxar side, you know, the music label that we have. And uh, uh, Angami is, uh, I think, the, uh, they're, they're from Lebanon. Right. And uh, they started a few years ago. And uh, they, it was free in the beginning, but now I think they started charging. And, uh, but we as Virgin, we don't have a streaming service yet. Yeah, because I mean, it's this thing about the publishing, right? Is our, our artists collecting, like, publishing through Angami? What's the uh, publishing? Um, I'm not sure. That's not a question for me because we're in retail, and retail, it's already within the royalties that you're paying. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, it's already included in the, uh, in the label. So uh, when you're buying the CD, uh, or the vinyl, you're already paying for all the artists because the label is paying it. Okay. Well, Lee, so Flash is synonymous with like big name acts and stuff. Um, has the disruptions going on in the rest of the world affected live music over here? Sure. sure. How, can you explain how? Well, I think you'll notice that in the first two quarters of this year, there's nobody touring. Nobody. Not really. It's a really quiet time. This year? Yeah, this year. I would love to say that we will be booking more shows in the first part of this year, but I just don't see it right now. We're talking to a few people, um, but it, it's quiet, for sure. You why know, is that? Do you know why? It, I, I don't know. If they all got together and talked to each other and their agents and labels all separated at the times that they could tour, it would be fantastic, but they don't. It's an interesting business, the music business, especially live entertainment. Oh, live entertainment of any description, but... The fact that there's a bunch of people here sitting waiting to pay for a ticket to see someone doesn't mean to say that person's going to come. You know, they're, they're, they've got an album, they're, they're getting married, they're having a baby, you know, it's just, you just, and then it's feast or famine, you know, we have a, we, I know that in the, in the Q3, Q4 this year, we can't, we don't have enough weekends to book all the people that we would like to book. It's, the festival scene in Europe, you know, most of the concerts, let's not beat about the bush, most of the concerts, the big acts, they're destination shows. They're not on tour in the Middle East, they're not coming to the region. They're transiting. They're in just the, coming yeah. for a load of money, mm -mm. potentially, mm. and then going home. Mm. And we are fortunate in that we've got great relationships with lots of the agents and, and, and the bands themselves, managers, and maybe we get to tack a date on at the end of an Asian leg or the end of a European leg, but those are few and far between. In reality, 80, 85% of the shows are still really destination shows, and it's not Birmingham, London, Manchester. It's travel day, Abu Dhabi, travel day. Right. So you better pay me more money, because I'm not making money tomorrow, and I didn't make money yesterday, and that's the reality of it. We have, Flash is trying to do events, in, in and around the region. We're trying to build that base so we can make amortized offers over more than one show, but it's it's the slow process, it's the slow build of the music part, of our part of the slow build of the music industry in the UAE. 
so when I was preparing the questions, right, I, I was kind of looking at it this way. So uh, you guys as the business people on the business side of it, so music is a piece of culture, right? And then the business aspect of uh, the business side of music is taking a piece of culture and turning it, turning it into product and then selling it, right? You get me? I, I'm looking at you guys as importers of culture. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So I'm wondering, is the reverse possible? Can we export culture? You see, do, like Simon, do you think we have something here that these people can work with? Can we export culture? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I come from a completely different angle because I, I you know, what, what, what I'm involved in isn't a commercial concern. So it's art for the sake of art. You know, we don't make any money out of it. We don't expect to. But that's not to say that the, 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 uh, the talent and the creativity isn't here because, um, I mean, one of the things that we've just launched in the UK is this radio show. Okay. Which is featuring experimental music from the Middle East, from Africa and India. Mm. And it's my job to put that show together. And it, 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 it's unending the amount of talent that's available in the region that sits just beneath the radar, that doesn't get um, sort of bundled in with what I suppose what we could call commercial music per se. Mm. However, in order to, to, to kind of give it visibility, this radio show works very well. Just as an example. As a platform to, uh, to channel the music from yeah, here over exactly. there. exactly. So we can say, hey, there's Asbogam in, in from Palestine. She makes amazing music, amazing sound art. And there's other guys. There's a thing called the Shubak Festival that happens every year in London, mm -hmm. which is actually put together with that point in mind to showcase the, the, the creative experimental side of, of music in this region um, and I think you know what's interesting from my my angle on all of this is that if you if you package it differently if you package it as a piece of art as opposed to a commodity which is a CD or a download people look at it differently and this is answering your question about the culture side of things but then uh, if you package it just as a piece of art I'm I don't know if it's something that they could work with but the, the format the, the presentation is, is a performance so it can be it's as accessible as any other um, type of music you know mm. it, it, it isn't it is this demystification process that I think is, is very valuable when it, when presenting any kind of culture you know you, you should say you should explain what it is where it came from how it came about you know. The classical music, you know, it, it works in that way, I suppose. Uh, just more, yo. So listen, Karak beats Lemon Jam, everybody. Before we go, I'm going to talk about the export bit. You can export music from the UAE to outside. You just have to be noticed within the UAE. Ali, you were just recently in Sunburn Festival, which is the biggest EDM festival in Asia at the moment. So you have to, I guess, get recognized within your own place. Hold on, I'm coming to that. I'm coming to that. So my question is, so you, you've got the Karakbis, the Lemon Jam, your crowd is kind of sa savvy, they're well-traveled, right? Uh, I'm wondering if the crowd over there, they want the type of music that they heard when they went to Bali or Berlin or whatever, and then you're playing that, or do they want sounds that are from here. Do you mix that type of stuff in your sets? We definitely do mix that type of uh, sounds in our events. Mm. Our focus is not always the artist, our focus is the experience. 
we try to sell an experience instead of just selling a DJ or a live band because you can always book a live band but they, people won't show up most of the time you have to kind of get them uh, you have to get them used to a special experience and then they end up coming for the lemon jam experience they come for the Karak Beats experience we don't always want to sell an international DJ who we've booked for 500 euros because I doubt anybody in the crowd is going to know who that DJ is but once they come to a night that we have promoted and organized in the right way, with the right sound system, with the right artwork, it becomes an experience for them. So yes, we mix it up. Like we've recently had a local uh, DJ from Analog Room support an international DJ from Berlin. Every, I mean, yeah, we mix it up. Even on my podcast, I mix it up. I try to showcase music from the region. Where are you digging it from? Where are you digging your music from? Uh, from friends, uh, from Bandcamp, from the internet, just people messaging you. I mean, we mix it up. We always mix it up. So like Mike and uh, Lee, do you think somebody like him is the sort of new A&R man? Do you think really? <laughs> You understand what I'm trying to say? Like, because um, if radio doesn't play us, right, there's DJs who are into it, and then they sort of dig it out of the same, yeah. these platforms that we use. I think the, I think the, you know, the, the question's a good, a good one. I can't answer the internet and the A&R guy, but I'd, I'd say that it, the issue, the, the, what we're skirting around is the lack of a developed music media in the region. What, explain what, what is that? So Brown Book, for me, are tremendous in what they do in terms of bringing out unheard of sounds and music and just cultural gems that you don't really see or hear, but try to turn the radio on and kind of give me a decent kind of emerging music show or... Mm. You know, give me a TV show, give me anything that even looks like later with Jules Holland, you know, some, just even a sense of it, you know, and I think, I think, I think we, we struggle in that respect. I think generally, I think I speak, I can speak for all of us, artists, labels, producers, whatever, that if there's a more, a more developed music media, I think would enable these types of amazingly interesting music initiatives to actually have a, have a wider, a wider Nerdsies, I'm coming to you. I'm coming yeah, exactly. to you. I, sorry, you're just chilling in the middle for Give me the mic, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Nerdsies, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, yeah. Mike, just pass him, Nerdsies, please. Uh, so. I was actually going to play yeah. back to Mike's point right there. Um, Mike, that's exactly the reason why we at Waikube started Waikube Radio. And I actually, I know for a fact every musician in this room is played on Waikube Radio. Um, and it's 24 7 plays the underground indie music in the UAE and the Middle East for that exact reason. So people can just say, what's new? And we are digging on behalf of everybody to put something on that radio station. So, you know, the Boxstones, Craig's Perry, uh, Holophonics, you guys are all on White Cube Radio all the time. And we, we follow you guys to make sure we can keep up with the latest. So, so you're in artist management, right? Yeah. So you have your own artist. Uh... <laughs> Think, think back to what we were talking about, how we were like exporting culture, right? So when you have an artist in your hands, are you applying like USP principles, like unique selling points and stuff? How are you packaging them so they can stand apart when they go out there into the rest of the world? So there's definitely, the artist is a brand, for sure. They are an entertainment product. Um, maybe not a nice thing to say for, I'm a musician in a former life myself, mm -hmm. And you know, music is an emotional art, but the reality of the industry is that it's art. Um, you sell you, your brand, you sell your celebrity status, 
uh, you, you sell your following, that's really the way it works today, so. Okay, so apply, do you apply that to the region? Like, what's the thing that you use here to make your artists stand up? Because, think about it, a lot of the people in the UAE are expatriates. Exactly. There's even an article, I don't know, it was, uh, it was in the National where, uh, uh, I think Universal said, we're not trying to sell a UK artist from here out to the world, because we have the UK for that. You understand what I'm trying to say? So we, we have to make something that's unique to here. Does that cross your mind? What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Um, and I think, I, think, I think the UAE is still trying to figure out what it is that makes it unique. Um, I think it's the multicultural element that exists here, mm. is that you have you know, a, a Middle East artist with a, a, you know, a UK artist and a, you know, someone else from Europe. And, I mean, on this panel, I'm sure we're all from different places in this room, we're all from different places. And it's when that comes together, hoping that that creates a sound that can become the identity of the UAE. Right, because like, uh, if you think about it, UK has its own styles. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has their own styles. Africa has their own styles. Yeah. You know? Pakistan, India, you know what I mean? These are third world countries that have their own styles. But we have, we are so developed, but we don't have a style. We're getting there. Um, can, can I say something? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. We actually have a style. It's called Arabic. Arabic music is uh, the culture of the area. Uh, I mean, the whole Middle East. Uh, produces tons of Arabic music and some of them are really, really very good. Uh, I can give you some established artists, I mean, they're classical, but for example, Feirouz is well known all over the world. I mean, the region exports uh, culture and music, uh, but not in the package that maybe uh, the discussion is about. And uh, so I think the uh, UAE also has a lot of local, I mean, Arab artists who are very, very popular and uh, they do really well with concerts, I believe, right? I, I don't know if uh, Flash is doing any Arabic. I immediately wanted to ask a question as about, are we hung up on this regional, local? You know, if someone's great, they're great. Wherever they're born, wherever they live, you know, if, if Adele was born in Dubai and made those records, she's from Dubai. What, to me, I'm, I'm not sure what the importance is of where somebody... Well, it's because the article from. says, Universal Music Group said, we're not interested in creating an artist that we can get from the, the place of origin, you know what I mean? So, statistically, we're a very diverse society. I mean, that representation is not in the music. You're, what you're saying is absolutely right, but we're not a, we're more mixed than that. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm trying to say? So, like, how can you package that and put it into something that gives it an identity? How can you merge these sounds? Because this is a very multicultural society. I think the region has a sound, as he said, and it's very historical, has a long history, it's been going on. I don't think you can kind of uh, box Dubai in like one sound, like Jamaica has reggae, mm -hmm. but you can't box Dubai in one genre. There's people from all over the world, so whatever comes out, the sound is global. Mm -hmm. When people perform abroad and Dubai is in brackets written next to them, that's the Dubai sound at that point of time. So I don't think you're going to reach a particular sound that's going to be, oh, okay, that's a Dubai sound. No, there is, I don't, I, People yeah. come from different backgrounds. People come from all over the world. So, yeah, I don't think we should box it and say Dubai is going to have a sound in 10 years. Dubai already has a sound, and it's reached various places at this point in time. 
who might not be able to identify it as that artist is a Dubai artist. No, but the sound has reached everywhere. Even in Beatport, even in SoundCloud, Bandcamp, there are people based out of Dubai running labels, producing music, and showcasing what's currently happening in Dubai. The article in the National, I mean, I don't know what it said, but to me, I'm not gonna stand by that. I'm gonna go on, do my own thing. So is everybody else in this room. You're not gonna wait till you have like a Dubai sound. You're doing it every day, and that's why you should keep on doing. Focus what you feel like. So, so Nutsi's right. You're from Canada, right? Yeah. So uh, Canada had an issue for a long time where um, their their neighbors it's about our mayor. <laughs> sorry. It's about our mayor. No, 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 no sorry. <laughs> Trudeau's cool. Though. Yeah. Uh, so let's. So you had a problem where into like the U U.S. artists were getting played more than the local artists. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's true. I was gonna say, yeah, there's a lot of the Canadians hop over to the US border to get famous, that's for sure. So that's like a brain drain, isn't it? No, it's Ameri Canadian made American paid, is what we call it, but yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, do, do we feel is there any kind of sentiment that there could be a brain drain out of here if this is not fixed in a way where we can sort of have our own radio playing our own music and all that type of thing? As long as they carry the flag on their back, so to speak, um, you know, more power to if they want to represent this city when they step away and become, you know, global sensations, and that's, that'd be cool. So you, you were in India, right? And you started the Reggae Rogers kind of thing, right? So uh, the way I look at it, Indian tastes hadn't sort of gotten to the reggae sound, right? Uh, until you and your guys kind of pushed it forward, the sound system culture, right? So what you did is basically created a movement. Uh, hypothetically, what would it take to create a movement over here? I think there is a movement already here for the last like 10, 15 years, you know? We're just part of it, like we're a small part of it. I've only been here for 18 months. And when I came here on the first day, I went to an event which was Global Funk. It was a drum and bass party, there was 400 people losing their, I mean, they were just dancing to the music, so, uh, I mean, there is a scene here, so I'm not, there, Dubai is global, Dubai is on the map already, so that, I think, everybody agrees with us on this point, maybe the music that we wish to hear on the radio isn't there yet, but that's gonna happen, maybe the crowd needs to be more educated, that's gonna happen within time, maybe the schools need to kind of give a better music system, that's gonna happen. That's how people will establish their own So are you saying some, there's an issue with the education system as well? No, I'm not saying that. No, 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 I'm not saying like... I, I'm saying maybe some of the kids could be educated more instead of just listening to EDM music, they could listen to something else. I mean, that's a global problem again, but then the radio is feeding that, you know? And a lot of people, actually people listen to everything. They don't just listen to the radio anymore. They listen to SoundCloud, MixCloud. People are choosing what they want to hear. But of course, we as people, we need to educate, educate musically, and that's what we try to do with our smaller events. We're not changing what's happening here. We're just kind of giving a bit of what we can do or what we think should be the sound that's heard in events, clubs, festivals. That's it. Okay, so say, say um, Lee, uh, would Flash be interested in kind of getting involved in curating local events? I personally can't speak for the company totally, but I would love to be more involved in promoting local talent, right. for sure. For sure. Uh, obviously, we're a P&L company. We, we, make, we yes. sell tickets for profit, yes. and that's what we do. Yes. Um, but, and, and along 
along the way we've tried to give local acts support spots and all the bits and bobs that go along with the concerts and, and, and small and we last year we launched this emerging talent competition and I was astounded at the amount of entries that came in from you know complete multicultural musical complete diverse set of musicians that mostly lived in Dubai were making music in their bedrooms it was fantastic and I want to make money you know I want the next big thing you know yeah. because you know that you two are already going to charge you too much money you know that Adele's going to charge you too much money so yeah. if you can get ride the wave with that kid who wrote that song in his bedroom and you book him in a small club and then you book him in an arena that's the way to go as a promoter you know some loyalty with his agent with his label and you helped build that person's career to a degree we all play a part in that in some way so would I like to do more with local talent? For sure, I'd love to do more with local talent. Okay, so at what point would you start dealing with local talent? Like how, 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 what do you have to see? Because there's bands in here, right? And you're managing an act, right? So at what point... And some of the bands in here have played at Flash shows. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 but like to develop this relationship you're talking about, this like growing relationship, it's just, that's, that's a, that's a yeah, spot. It's, it's but tough, it's tough, it's part of this, you know, we're all, Keep, we're all players in this in the growth of this industry here and it's still quite youthful and it's still learning and we're all still learning together and we're still meeting each other uh, you know it's time it's just time. I don't know if we're all meeting each other because it's, it's I mean when you you'd obviously not be accessible because you're in a different sphere right I mean I'm not trying to say that you know, you're, you're creating a block but you're far away I don't I, I don't believe that's true I don't that side of the table. He's on Snapchat, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon. Hi. How are you? Very well. Do you think this fertile, this is fertile ground to grow something new? Or, or develop what already exists? Because you're into sound art, right? And you're trying yeah. something new, you're seeing a response and stuff. But I think, you know, as a kind of spectator or a consumer out here, quite apart from what I do with my job, with my work, I've always found it very difficult to find anywhere that I want to go. So when I first, so for example, when I first arrived in Dubai, there didn't seem to be an alternative to the mainstream. So obviously if you come from, well, I don't know, I came from London, so you have the mainstream, you have the, the chart acts, the Adele's, you know, and so on and so, so forth. But running alongside that, you have this alternative culture, this, this, you have a choice. And what I found in, on arriving in Dubai is that, yes, there were people that were, were creating, um, were DIY in their approach, mm -hmm. but there were, there were very few and far between. And I think, you know, Dubai would benefit from nurturing that. Um, from encouraging that approach. Do you that, feel there's a lack of community? Um, in, in terms of music? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I know some of the faces here, uh, not all of them. Um, however, I think, you know, th this sort of discussion, um, it, it should be open-ended, it should be continuing. It should, should be continuing. Be, uh, not to block you off, but we want to continue this discussion at some point. So uh, when the Q&A session happens, we'll, we, I'll try and sort of figure out how we're going to do that. Uh, because it's open-ended, like I said. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we all come from very, I think we come from very different angles. 
you know, some of us have got products to sell, some of us are just in it for the, for the crack. Mm. Nonetheless, you know, there is a common ground here that um, even if it's sharing resources or just kicking around ideas, you know, for example, with our club line, we have a real problem with our sound, with our sound system. Uh, oh, no way. Yeah. The sound's pretty crap into it. Really? No, no, in that venue. In that venue? Yeah. I've never had good sound, man. I've never had good sound. Okay, so just as an example, but, you know, to, to have a forum where people can get together and exchange ideas and support each other, um, I, I think that would be very helpful. Outside of the, outside of the performance aspect of forum, a kind of meeting point? Yeah, I mean, why, why can it just be music in general? I mean, in, in the UK, the music industry, you know, there, there are central bodies that help. Um, like a uh, union kind of thing? No, well, yeah, well, that would be nice. Right? <laughs> um, so perhaps not that. But, but a forum. Yeah, let's call it a forum, yeah? So a discussion, uh, a, 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 I don't know, just a bunch of people like this talking. Anybody else any, have any thoughts about community and building community over here? Oh, you going? Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just wanted to say, um, I mean, throughout the years, Virgin Megastore has been always supportive to the local talent. Uh, whoever has an album, it, they found their way to Virgin eventually. So, uh, if you have a product, it's, it's there or was there or you know. So, uh, I think there is a community, and I think. Uh, we support the community, uh, and uh, uh, so uh, we've been there for. But it comes back to that question: What do you need to see? How far do these people need to build so that you can start engaging with them and stuff? Um, I think uh, when they have an album, when they have a CD, they have a product to, uh, that they're ready to sell. We'll be more than willing to do it for them. Message. Um, the question around the music community is that I think it's, you know, since the last time this future of the UAE music event took place, I think it's grown tremendously. Um, and I think the people of that community are in this room. And that includes, you know, the people at Sony and Flash um, to the people at, you know, White Cube and Mo City over here. Um, and that's the spectrum. And it's amazing that we've all come together here. So the future of the music industry is actually looking really good if we keep this community growing. Well, if we follow up after this, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not joking. Uh, so, no, just, yeah, just directly his points. I mean, it's, the growth of it's been immense. I mean, the last four or five years up here in Dubai, I think the last couple of years, our music initiatives, showcases, different genres of music nights popping up, you know, different scales, scopes, I mean, like, when Lee and I worked together, it was just about the big, big artists, right. you know, 15,000s, and now you've got, you know, you've got stuff at golf clubs up here in Dubai, great, great underground DJs coming over with yeah. 2,000 people there, and, and that's a great thing, that's amazing. The challenge we'll have here is that, you know, I, I travel the region quite a bit in my job. I was in Cairo recently, you know, there's a, how many Egyptian people have we got here? Hands up, yeah, awesome. So you know Cairoki, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're like these these kids like huge, huge yeah. massive in Egypt, like massive, and and yeah, they were with us, and and they're great, great indie band, and they're huge because Egypt's full of Egyptians, Egypt's right? Huge, and yeah. Cairo's got a lot of Egyptian people, like Egyptian artists, and speak Arabic, and that's 
that's something that I think as a community here we have to always be aware of and, and be open. Well, not necessarily aware, because you raise an interesting point. So when they perform, there's people coming there for that. You see, so that's why I'm, I'm interested yeah, in this idea of identity, because what's going to get these people who usually go to like a random club night and listen to the same old radio stuff, what's going to get them into seeing these bands and like really caring what's going to do that because it's difficult to ask people to care you know what i mean how you have to sort of create this care how do you do that does anybody have any thoughts about that uh, well great great start yeah yeah q and a will do i mean start start just write you write great records that's the, that's the answer uh, no, i mean look look, look we, this ain't a complicated industry right if you write a smash hit record like lee was saying whether you're we don't have radio bro listen man if you're listen if you're in your listen man seriously like you're mr probs your Kygo sitting in your bedroom, you know what I mean? Those deals were done out of, the, out of his bedroom, right? Yeah, and then the back of nowhere, you know? Right. Two million advance, boom, off you go, right? Now, yeah, it's Holland, it's Europe, but ultimately the principles are saying the music went out virally, it went through SoundCloud, it went out through different channels. So this, mm -hmm. ultimately it's all about the hits, that's all it's about. You know, Ollie's, Ollie's done well in the UK, Holophonic have done well because they're writing, doing great work, right? And if people do great work, it'll get, it'll get heard. In any language, you know, like you were saying, you know, Arabic's exported well. It's massive. Arabic's exported very well. Yeah, the diasporas around the world are yeah. huge. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, you know, um, Raghav Alama just did an East Coast tour. He did 42 dates or something. I mean, this is like, these artists sell big and they do really well. What's exporting culture, man? You're right, hit records, it'll you know, right. do well. Well, okay, so all that said and done. Sorry, sir. Also, the promoters, the local promoters are the ones who do this, you know? So the bands who write hit records, they need local promoters to promote them here. And there are people doing it. There's a lot of promoters in the room that do shows for 200 people, 300 people. Mm -hmm. But the loyalty from the audience isn't there as much as we wanted. This to is be the there, question you know? I'm trying so to get. So everybody is working hard. People are doing their jobs. No doubt. And yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to give a shout out to the promoters because they definitely make the scene happen. The smaller promoters educate people who later on go on and buy bigger tickets or events for bigger venues. You know. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the promoters. <laughs> and, and hats off to the local small promoter because that is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, yeah, it costs yeah, money yeah. to put shows on. You know, it's, it's painful. I sell tickets for well-known artists. We sell tickets. I sell tickets for well-known artists, with the support of international record labels. When you're a local promoter and you're out there booking your buddy, who you think is the best thing since sliced bread, mm. it's tough. It's a tough game. I would like to meet any local promoter here. I, I would. Lo I'd love to meet all of you tonight and say hi, because <laughs> I want to shake your hand and say that is hard work. It's mm -hmm. hard work. But that's what makes the industry. The guy making the record in his bedroom, the local promoter promoting it, Mike signing it, it sells a million, and then I book it and pay the guy. Wednesdays. We're all involved. That, that there, local promoting, small clubs, small shows. You're right, man. I feel like it's a communication issue. You know what I mean? Like we have Everybody has to be connected from the grassroots to the top. But having said all that, who has the responsibility now? Is it, I've, I've been told, because in preparing for this, everybody's like, the future of music is in the hands of the musicians, man, tell them, tell them. Like, is that true? Is the future of the UA music scene in the hands of the musicians? Or is it in your hands? Because I know guys who are like, they're not booking no, us. You think, about the, you think about the ecosystem, right? Let's just talk about local promoters and promoters and record labels. 
right? We, we, we all respond positively to, to great music mm -hmm. and great artists, right? Or artists that know they're going to be great, but they're not that great now, but you know that they're on their way, right? And that's ultimately what it's, you know, the ticketing companies, the sponsors, the brands, the venues, the promoters, the bigger promoters, the absolutely monster promoters, whatever. What they all share is this thing at the, the heart of it, which is the talent and the music. And, and I think, honestly, I think in Dubai, the music's there, the talent's there, the, the stuff that's coming out of Dubai is amazing. It's just, it's, you know, we just, like any country, just needs more of it. And that's going to take time. It's going to take time. Okay. You know? Uh, I'd like to... Go and need people to buy tickets and stop asking to be on the guest list. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> You want, to, you want to support local music, but every day people send a message they want to be on the yeah. guest list. So, yeah, like it's from three tickets. plus one, it becomes eight, nine, ten. Including myself, but yeah. Um, what we're going to do, we're going to go into QA now. It's a bit difficult because I got this thing strapped on my head. But, um, give me the mic. Anybody got a question? You got a question, right? Sure. Right, well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I mean, this is really, uh, okay, this is really great because I've actually been active in the music scene for like 15 years now, since 20, 2003. I've seen it change. So one question is, imagine you had, this is a question from Mike from Sony, yes? Imagine you had a blues rock band, sounding like Cream, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, and they had the choice to sing in English or to sing in Egyptian. What advice do you have for them? What nation? They're Egyptian. And they live here. Um, and that touches the point about exporting culture, because the guys from... Uh, from uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can everybody hear all right? Yeah, yeah. Do you have somebody in mind? Is there a name? Sorry? Whoa. You're talking about a band, a jazz blues band. A blues rock band who are nascent right now, and they have the choice to rewrite their English music in Egyptian. But they want to make sure that it does what Cairo Key managed to do, and not what you know other bands who are trying to export English. They're Arabs singing in yeah. English, but you know there are you know Scandinavian death metal bands that you know kick their ass. So what do you do? Ah, yeah, it's a good question. It's a really good question. I guess we can't hear you. Can you pass us the mic? Bro, just use this. Maybe support. Sound in the bar, right? Thank you, guys. Um, it's a good. It's, can you hear me? Yeah. They have the choice. They'll sound just as good in both, in both languages. Oh, just yeah. Yeah. Just think. Just go for it. I think it's a really good question. I'll be quick now with the answer. Um, I guess as a label, you'd look at. Uh, it's a bit scientific, but you look. You know, what's the genre of music they're singing? What's the greatest chance that that band has got? to sell records. So if you say to if you say to me that that band is singing in a genre of music that and they're, they're world class vocals, like world class vocalists, I would say sing in English and let's go, let's hit the road. Of course. Well they've got to be world class. So you'd send it I'd send it to my big boss in Australia, I'd send it to the NL teams in Sweden, they'd all get a good look at it and you come back and go, boom, let's go. If they're not world class vocally, if they're not absolutely at the very, very top, that band's got a huge chance in the Middle East singing in Arabic. Provided someone plays guitar like Jimi Hendrix. Sweet. Um, you can hear me as it's working, right? Yeah. Just hold on, I'm gonna do, I got a question on paper, so I'm just gonna do that. Uh, I think Alan, Alan J. Roberts from Groovemaster, where you at? Hi, bro. 
Alan wants to know what are the strategies to incorporate slash integrate more local musicians to the local radio stations. Nobody has an answer. That's an answer for the radio stations. Yeah, we've been trying. We've been trying, man. Um, and it's largely even with personal relationships, the, the, the UAE radio stations don't really want to play too much, um, but some people have been successful uh, in that. And then for everything else, we just decided, screw it, let's start our own radio station. So um, there's also White Cube Radio. Uh, question, 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 question. <laughs> just to add to that, um, so Virgin Megastore, right? You have your own radio station, and thinking about um, how music gets out of the UK, I'm thinking UK grime. You know, you hear it from the streets, and you have the local radio stations that the entire neighborhood is in tune with, so they want to listen to it. So, kind of making the musicians put out there, why don't the radio stations that everyone is already familiar with, already listening to, on their drive home, stuck in traffic, why don't you? play local music at those rush hour points. Kind of just throw a song in and let the audience know that they're out there, right? Um, unfortunately, I can't answer that because uh, we're not related to Virgin Radio. It's a completely different company. And they're, I think, ARN, which is a government, if I'm not mistaken, government company. Uh, Virgin uh, Megastore, um, we basically support all types of music, all genres, everything. Uh, we play it in the stores. I mean, we try to promote uh, local bands or local artists or uh, the local scene through our uh, stores, basically. Uh, give them time and try to push it that way. And we've been quite successful, actually, uh, doing that. Uh, I mean, um, I can give you some examples, like Juliana Dam. I don't know if you guys still remember them. They've been around uh, a while back. Uh, Aubrey is another one, another example. Uh, that was very, very successful in our stores. Uh, karaoke that, uh, uh, that Mike mentioned in the Egypt store, they, they sell a lot. So I guess it depends on, uh, on the area. And radio is very important. So, but that's an answer, that's a question to the radio, not us, unfortunately. Yeah, the lyrics of the yeah, hi, I'm, uh, I'm Bill Bregner, I'm the Arts Center at NYU in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and we're presenting three shows every week, uh, including uh, Narcissist, Sons of Yusuf, and Ratana Tarabzuni on Wednesday night. Uh, and I, I came here about a year ago from New York and been trying to sort of figure out sort of how this place works and how Abu Dhabi is different from Dubai, because I'm hearing that there's a lot more going on even in Dubai than there is in Abu Dhabi. Uh, in terms of independent and especially kind of more grassroots underground, in New York, one of the things that really happens is you've got, like Bowery Presents, the major commercial presenter there, has the Mercury Lounge, it's 150s. Then they've got Bowery Ballroom and Music Hall of Williamsburg, it's 500. Then they get to 2,500, 3,000 seats, and then they go up to the arenas. When I'm here flash talking or when I'm hearing you talking, you're really talking just about kind of the superstars who are doing the international touring, and you're talking about basically the underground, and like much of the world, you've got no middle class. And so I'm wondering what can happen here to fill that huge middle territory between the underground stuff that's happening, the independent promoters for 200 people, and then 
shows that are happening for 2,500, 5,000, 10,000 people? And how do you create that middle? Um, it's a great question. It's a great question, and I think it goes back to the time issue. You're talking about New York promoters who've been in the business for 45, 45 years? That one presents 20 years. Okay, 20 years. We're talking about an industry here that is not that old. I think those venues, the smaller venues in New York, fantastic places to see shows. They're open pretty much every day of the week. That's how they, that's how they exist, because they have to be. So then you've got to have enough content to fill that venue every day of the week of some description. Slowly, slowly. I think it's all, it's all part of the time uh, process. Would I love to do lots of small shows? Yes, I'd love to do lots of small shows, but there wouldn't be that many small shows that we could do on a regular basis. I don't think, I, I think it's time. I think you need a tremendous amount of content, you need a tr and, you need, and you need money because those shows don't make money, they lose money. So you've got to have deep pockets, or you've got to know that they're coming back in six months to play the, the 3,000 venue, and they're coming back in 18 months to play the 5,000 venue. And that's part of the, the development of a market, I think, the overall development of a market. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, I think there's a couple of examples, actually. If you look at Music Hall in Beirut, and that's opened in Dubai, amazingly successful, filled out. Michelle does a phenomenal job with the artists there, and the music is, is amazing, and it's Arabic, and it's very much Arabic. It's folkloric, and it's modern in its same style. Ultimately, I had a conversation, I remember, about a year ago with somebody in Dubai Promote, we were talking about trying to get some kind of Blue Note-style Ronnie Scott-type venue going, and it just came down to what Lee was saying. He did the numbers and was like, well, how do I get, how do I fill it? How do I fill it? I'm gonna, you know, create this venue, build it, kit it out. It's gotta look at the, the, the business and the music has to be absolutely top draw. Now, Michelle can fill musical. He's got the artist, the content's coming through. It can bring all that through from Beirut. It can bring it through from, from all different parts of the region. I think when you go into other genres, it becomes very hard to do a seven day a week, 150 to 500 capacity dining F&B type concept. You know, Friol are trying it over at Pasha. They're trying a bit of stuff with the Banditos and a few things here and there. But it's super, it's super commercially challenging. You know, and just talk, talk to the guys that rent out the buildings, right? Look at the rent prices for commercial space like that and trying to fit that out. It's tough, it's really tough. So I think unless you're playing in an Arabic music space like those boys are, where you've got a mass genre, that can appeal to pretty much everybody. We, all of us here can go to that night and have a great night, you know what I mean? Um, and on the down nights, he's still full because those of us that don't want to go on the down nights, there's still a big population that want to go to it. That's, that's the main challenge here. Also, you cannot compare Dubai to many major cities because people don't end up living here for too long. So for 20 years, that promoter has a loyal following. Here, maybe two years, three years, by the end of that, those people who have attended your event have left and you have to start promoting it to a bunch of new people. So yes, we cannot compare ourselves to those bigger cities, but there are people doing it, and there are smaller gigs happening. Difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi, I would say the permits. Dubai has much more restrictions towards the licensing of performance permits. Abu Dhabi does, but obviously Flash is a government uh, company, so they, they, brought, they, they get a heads up with the exchange where here in Dubai, our biggest issue is working with permissions for performances. 
you know, we have a night and like it's Thursday the event and on Wednesday we still haven't got the performance uh, license. And now you cannot even promote the event or the artist name without having that permit, you know? So there are a lot of challenges with that and they keep changing. We are working to see how we can all kind of find the right balance between making everything official, everything legal, and also providing you with underground entertainment. Can we move on? Um, my name is Nick. Uh, I represent the local, I would like to say I represent the local life scene. I've been doing this for a while over here. Uh, my question is to Mike and uh, to the gentleman from Flash. Um, yeah, the question is, uh, there's so many local bands out here, you know, and everybody's, uh, everybody's dream is, they've got only two dreams, dreams, unfortunately, in this country. One is to get signed to a label, which usually doesn't happen. And second is to open for a big act with Flash. And the moment they do that, it's, it's, it's almost like they've achieved everything in life. So what I want to know is, is uh, what's the future of a band uh, that gets signed on to a Sony Music? What does Sony Music really do for them other than push them on Facebook or Twitter? And how does Sony make their money? Because nobody's buying music anyways, especially local music. I mean, I don't, I don't I mean, I've seen you artists. Um, I mean, I don't see them playing too many shows outside the country where you make a lot of money out of that. I mean, how, what, why, do, why is Sony signing on artists, or why is the Universal signing on artists? And the same thing for Flash as well means, once they open for a big act, uh, it's over and done with. I means the whole talk about, you know, we want to be a part of their development, and we want to take them ahead, and, you know, I mean, just for the sake of debating, I mean, what do you have to say to that? Okay, right. Um, good question. Um, why do we, so the question was, we don't sell music, why do we sign artists? Well, we sign artists because we believe in music, and hit music, and we, we sign artists that we believe are special and have got the potential to be successful. So that's why I sign artists, that's why this year we signed artists, and that's why we're developing artists. How do we make money? is like every label, is we try and find new revenue streams, we try and understand the artist's potential, we try and work with promoters, we try and work with venues, we try and work with other labels in other parts of the world to get distribution, and we try and help the artist develop in all sorts of different ways. Um, you know, we have a great team that looks after all those different areas of their business. So, you know, to, to your point about why do we sign them, we sign them because we believe in great music and great artists, that's why we sign the artists that we sign this year. Well, we sign them on management contracts, full contracts, so that we're able to develop them over a long space of time. So the deals were signed with multi-year deals, multi-singles, multi-albums. And again, we look to develop their life performances in their live business as well as their brand business because they're the two big for every artist now you know live and brand are the key two key real revenue areas and at the same time we like to think we produce good music with them we've got the the network of international producers and recording studios and in our teams another thing as well signing artists from this part of the world that, that sing in english and are world-class vocalists it means we're able to open up our network in other markets, so in Asia Pacific, in Australia, in Europe, and in the US. Because we, you know, we were fairly, fairly, we're reasonably sized that label in that respect. So that, that's kind of why how we how we work with them, not without going into too much specifics. 
undoubtedly. It's a good question, obviously. Um, I said we'd like to put them in small venues, then book them in bigger venues. And, and I mean, and the rationale behind that is we all share greater, greater sums of money at the end of the day. You know, we're on a bit of an island here because you're not playing, if you play in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, you're not going next day to play, potentially to play in Doha or in Muscat or, you know, there isn't a touring, there's not a touring market here. So, you know, the international acts we book, they go back to their home country or they go back to Europe or America and they build their careers. You know, we provide the platform for them to play here. And I'd like to be able to provide the platform to them to be able to play in Beirut and wherever, you know, but it, it's, a, it's the process. It's not going to happen overnight. And do we, do we want to be involved in the building of acts? Sure we do, because we all love music at the end of the day. We promote shows because we love music. You know, if, if, and if we can make those shows successful and market those shows well and sell tickets, and, and to the point that when we book that band again, they're going to come, more people will come. That's the, that's the business that we're in, you know. That's the business that we're in. Um, just following on that, I had a question sent to me over Facebook, right? Uh, somebody wanted to know, uh, you handle Creamfields? Yes. So somebody wanted to know what's happening with Creamfields this year. I have a fantastic music and I want to submit a demo. How do I get that to you? Email it to Lee at yeah. the right, So is there, is, there transparency, is there transparency as far as the contact point between the artists and people like yourself? Because I mean, if you're interested in collecting local music, there should be a, a place to collect it from, right? Sure, yeah, there's, sure there's transparency. Flash, yeah, you can contact, you can contact me. You can send me music for sure, and I'll share it with the people in my company. Creamfields? Is the question about why there hasn't been a Creamfields? I believe so. Yeah. Um, that EDM festivals present their own challenges with the local market. That's. All I've got to say about it. <laughs> uh, hi, my name just is one, Sorry. I think if you start your dream with just wanting to release music on Sony and perform at a Flash event, then you're obviously not climbing the ladder. You have to first release your music independently, get noticed. You also have to perform the smaller shows. Because what's really going to happen after just performing that one big show with Flash? You know, it's your music content that's going to take you the long way. So, yeah, I mean, there are local talents who play at the other side, who perform at YQ, who DJ at our gigs, but it's the musical content that's going to get you long term. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's the truth right now. Hi, uh, my name is Mansoor. I've been a recording mixing engineer in Dubai for about six years. I had the pleasure of working with uh, some of the talented people in this room, and uh, my question is about money. That's why that's my question really. I mean it's kind of an investment in a way to yeah. uh, build an artist. Yeah. Somebody like me has to be paid at the end of the day or a musician like Charlie over there. By the way, check him out, he's brilliant. <laughs> so um, uh, I guess what I want to know is what steps are being taken to take that risk because I haven't heard of a situation where Sony sends an A&R guy to an open mic at Metro now before. Flash hears about freak shit who put a single out two months ago and it's got 30,000 hits Aslan already. Aslan Adam, yeah. Aslan Adam, exactly. I play it on my show, so That's yeah. what I want to know, so. Um, yeah, I mean, we can't know everything, right? I'd love to hear that. I mean, I didn't know that, so I'd love to hear that. <laughs> Lightly, everyone's, my email's there, you know, ping me. Um, I think the question, there's two, there's two, 
fundamental things that we've got to talk about. The first is the, uh, the lack of a collection society and an adequate framework of revenue management within the UAE and within the wider region. And I think the effect that has is it's, it's, it's taken a lot of revenue that artists and producers like yourself would have earned from recorded music. And that's a massive point. I think that RAA conservative estimates are something like $140 million over the last 10 years that hasn't been paid to rights holders. And that's not that's not Microsoft music taking money and giving it to Shakira in, in, in LA. You know, this is music from Arabic, uh, Malay, you know, Indian, you know, all different genres. So that's the that's the first point about about that, about investment and risk, right? And that, that's something that we all struggle with as content, I guess content investors, which is what we are. And we want to be we're desperate to continue to be that. Uh, the second point is about the export capability, because in the absence of the first one, you have to make sure the music can work outside of the region if you're not signing Arabic artists, Arabic language artists. And so that becomes down to, as I said before, world-class vocal, world-class production, world-class music, music that can work in other territories. Um, you know, we talked a bit about Ollie, but you know, there's a lot of artists here in Dubai, their music can and, sh and should work in other markets. That risk appetite becomes more severe in the absence of the first point. Yeah, that's actually what I tell most of the people. I, I decide. Always. If there was a system of competing, like a regular system of competing, where the public decides this is the act for these next six months that we do. Yes, that's kind of right. Kind of. Just joking aside, the people that decide are the, the fans, right? Yeah, they decide right. who's a world-class vocalist, right? Ultimately, sometimes as a label, boss, you don't get the opportunity to put that music out to fans because you don't want your rivals to get a spot of it, so you just go for it and go on a hunch. Unfortunately, because of the, the commercial challenges we face in this market, you can't take as many risks as you would if you were running running shit in the UK or running stuff in Singapore or running stuff in other markets, right, where, where there's a more developed infrastructure, there's a more developed industry and, and, and the revenue, the revenue in the general landscape is commercially a little bit more viable. Must be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has always actually been my experience. I tell everybody, everyone talks about making it here, but I'm like, if you're an artist here, you need to go make it somewhere else because nobody's going to pay you. If you can make it here, you make it anywhere, right? If you can sell music here to a, to a, um, a non-Arabic mass population here in the UAE and in the wider region, you, you're, on, you're on good ground, man. Really good ground. Thank you. I think well. Hi, guys. Uh, Craig Perry. I'm a singer-songwriter. Um, that's actually a good segue. So, talk about if you can sell records here, how do you sell them? You can sell them anywhere, right? So I've spent the last two years working on my album, having to do it myself, a lot of it anyway, which is quite expensive and time consuming. It's finally done. So that's it. Yeah. So I'm just about to sell it live, right? I don't have a label. You guys haven't heard it yet. That, that will hopefully change after today. But I looked at, so I'm using my CD Baby is to, to, to distribute it on iTunes and Spotify and Deezer and those people so that my friends and fans can download it. And then iTunes Middle East, I emailed them and said, oh yeah, so I assume that you'll distribute it to these guys. And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, how's that work? And then it seems that maybe Sony Universal or, I could be wrong, but the question I have is, what, how can I get my music on the iTunes Middle East store 
because the, the more standard distribution channels don't seem to tie into those. And just to, just to add on to that, is it better that I release it myself now, or is it better I give it to you guys or Virgin to listen to first before it's out there? Does that make a difference when it comes to you? If stuff's already out there in the public domain versus in my hard drive. That makes sense? Yeah, the answer to your first question is if you want to get on iTunes, but at least come talk to YK, we'll make that happen for you. All right. That's it. Thing. Cool. Is, uh, if you want to release something, is, that that music, is the music you're making the music that Sony is currently selling? Let's say it's commercially viable. Okay, so you know who your audience is? Yes. I guess hit up a few labels. If the labels don't really hear you back, then start your own thing. Start an independent label. Put it out on Bandcamp. Get the money back to you. But yeah, you have to get, I guess, yeah, send the promos. Yeah, I mean, not pitching my pitches Sony or anything, but I mean, the point is you can you can you can come to any of us and we'll listen to your music, and ultimately we've all got different value that we bring to a, to an artist from this part of the world. Do do I do we at Sony consider artists if the music's already out there? Absolutely, definitely. Do we prefer that artists come to us before they put stuff out? More so. <laughs> um, we like to work with artists from the get go that have got the talent there and develop it properly and help them on the A&R side as well as on the on the distribution side. Because ultimately, that means I'm going to invest, I'm going to take a chance, I'm going to put money into certain areas. So when it comes to me, it's all packaged and done. It's already been out there for a few months. Yeah, we'll help, we'll help. We'll, we'll turn the tap on at 500 digital stores around the world. We'll push it to our different teams and different markets. We'll do, all, do a lot of work on the back end that people don't see to make sure that music's promoted and pushed out in different territories. But ultimately, we always prefer yeah, you're coming up before the stuff's out of the back, right? Cool. Cheers. Uh, last question. I think we should wrap it up. Anybody got it? Oh, yeah. I wanted to. Uh, real quick, Monsieur, I wanted to say something about your question around money. It takes people reinvesting what they have into music. So the same way Craig said, you know, I've worked hard. I put in my own money to, to get my music out there. You know, that's kind of what we do. Um, that's kind of what all of us do, and I think if we do that enough, then we're going to start getting each other paid. So, um, yeah, there's that. So, business savvy. You guys mentioned an artist should be business savvy. What aspects of business um, should an artist, what are the key things should an artist take care of? That's number one. Number two, um, we didn't talk about genres in the UAE, so what genre you guys think has the most potential coming out of the UAE? And number three, um, who killed Tupac and Piggy? <laughs> yeah, I'll answer the third one. Yeah, you have to answer the third one. Yeah, go for it. Just use that mic. Here's the spot of things. I guess you can go online, read, see what you have to do. Make sure you don't release the music for free download before you actually release it. Get your codes for the tracks. Maybe, yeah, I guess just consult other people, but. Uh, you, you find everything online right now. I'm gonna start a label, me and the 264 crew. We're starting our own label, which is gonna be an independent label. We're reaching out, we're, our first three releases are gonna be from the UAE, but we're later on gonna move to people from the region. How are we finding these people? I guess we're just networking. Those people don't really know the business part of it. We have some experience, so we're putting it into that. Make sure you read about things, protect yourself before you go out to anybody. As a label, we, sh we need to kind of also protect you 
but uh, maybe the bigger labels don't have the same approach to the smaller indie labels. But later on, you definitely got to educate yourself about what's going to happen, what are the processes, what are the, what are the royalties, how much are you supposed to get, what is iTunes giving you. Yeah, everything can be found online right now, so, yeah. And just from a signing perspective, an artist that comes to us that's actually got all that down is better than someone that has no idea, right? Someone that comes to you and knows the value of their product, knows what, you know, some has some understanding of contracts and what distribution means and things like not putting out in certain territories first and has an, has an understanding of it. The artists that, that I personally have always loved to work with are the ones that are smart and know the business. You know, and that can be, look at Taylor Swift, you know, like, I mentioned her before, 16 years old, she probably know more, more about the industry than most of 40 plus year olds that worked at a label. And I think that, that knowledge and understanding is really important. I think understand, first of all, your product, your coding, your tracks, your music, your image and your style, but also how the business works. There's plenty of stuff out there to read about and getting your head around. And then it makes the relationship great. I really thrive on that, artists that know their stuff. You don't have to do it on your own, you know what I mean? Um, you build a team in life and, and you go take over the world with that team. Um, there's strength in numbers, there's strength in community, there's strength in bringing on someone who understands business. You can do art, wearing different hats is sometimes difficult and bringing the team together to get it done is, you know, I've found to be successful. So, yeah, uh, Let's close off with Simon and uh, Barto. Any comments, final words? Yeah, ask about from the UAE, I think you're asking the wrong person, to be honest. Um, maybe someone more commercial. Jean, <laughs> um, um, well, if you want to be really, really successful in the UAE, you have to sing in Arabic, I guess, because that's the most popular genre. Uh, pop comes second. So, as you can see, uh, you have to be very commercial if you want to be successful, I guess. Uh, that's not a very encouraging thing, but uh, that's the reality, uh, unfortunately. Uh, music um, in the region um, is, is quite difficult, I guess, to make, to be successful. I mean, uh, even the successful ones, uh, like Locke, like, uh, the ones that I gave examples, Juliana Down uh, sold thousands in Virgin. But it stayed there. I don't think they. Uh, I think they were under Sony, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it didn't translate to international stardom, so it is difficult to They're make it out of it. They sit around. They haven't done anything recently. They have. Yeah. They have? I have no idea. Okay, so they they are the most successful. Yeah, they are. Uh, UAE band, uh, so, and uh, I don't think they've made it internationally, so that's the, that's the... They played it in America. Oh, uh, they did? No. Oh, I have no idea. No idea. Oh, uh, yes. Since you their last record, they haven't been paid <laughs> so, CDs aren't doing that well anymore, let's be honest. Your yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another good example is Mashro Leila, which they completely, they didn't produce any uh, CDs or anything, they just went digital. So, 
It depends. Well, hold on. We got a question over there. Oh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's make this the last one. Hi. Um, if uh, you guys are the experts that uh, an artist should turn to in order to get his music heard, right? Uh, when it comes to success, when, uh, when you recognize a, um, um, a genius, something like, you know, a world-class singer or, you know, um, why does it have to be boxed in a, you know, why does it have to sound similar with something else, you know, in order to, uh, you know, like commercial, you know, why can't you set the new genre that can be Popular, that comes back to what I was saying about the sound from here. It's kind of linked, right? Because you can invent a genre if you just think outside the box. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a multi multicultural place, and there's a lot of influences into this, you know, into into the music, and there's a lot of people, you know, from different places that they make different music and they bring their own background yeah, into, into the music. Yeah. Why does everybody have to sound the same in order to make it? In the end of the day, why can't you, you know, as you recognize, you know, the what's what's best for you know for the people to listen to, you know, as the experts, you know, why can't you set the new genre? See, because at a certain point, right, when you create a style, there'll be like a movement. I don't think we decide oh. that. I think the consumer decides that. Yeah. Well, so what I'm saying is, he's talking about he's talking about we get a genre together. There's people following it. They're loving the sound. It's different. Okay. At what point does the label say, okay, we're going to tap into this and nurture the market for it, as opposed to uh, reshaping it to fit an already existing market? You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you a great example on that. There are four guys from Jordan who just packed their bags and moved to London. They sold everything they had. They set up a studio, and they are called uh, 47 Soul. They even invented the genre, which is called Shamstep, Shami music with dubstep. They've, to they've toured all over the UK. They started a fundraiser campaign. They managed to get enough money to build a studio, release their first album, and now they're performing in Canada for award shows. They're performing all over. They decided they want to do it, so they moved there, and they made it happen. I don't know if that's the formula that everybody should follow, but they definitely created a new sound, which is Shamstep. You can go check it out on Bandcamp, you can go check it out anywhere. Yeah. And it's on festivals, like, they played everywhere. From Glastonbury to Worldwide, everything, they've done it you know, in one year. Yeah, but this is not about, you know, promoting somebody we already, you know, or you guys already know. We're saying that this place, like you said, probably doesn't have the light cycle or you know it's not you know people do not stay long enough here in this place in order to create or to be heard you know you like you said you constantly uh, have a new crowd to, you know that listens to you and in that short time that people that a band might have in in this area why can't it have a chance to make it i think i think, I think to be that, heard yeah it's, i mean yeah, no, it's not um, I think sometimes First of all, sometimes no, you don't need Sony. It's the first thing. You know, we're not at the centre of everything, and definitely not. We don't want to be. Um, I think that's a great example there of a genre-specific Arabic band that are taking something 
exploit something that is unique when you take it outside. The challenge is one of genre, I think. The language that you're singing in and the style of music that you're playing. There's an awful lot of um, um, genres being created within, within Western music every day in the UK, in different parts of the US, all over the place. And I think that example is a good one of... They also sing in Arabic. They perform pre-stage and last Yeah. So, you know, it's that's a really unique story. And if you think about it from a UK media, US media perspective, music perspective, that journalists will jump on that, you know, four Jordanian guys singing Arabic, interviewing well in English, creating this new kind of like garagey, two-steppy kind of style. I've not heard it myself, but like that's that's a unique thing, right? To take to, for, for international, you know, and I think that's, you gotta look at the, it's, that's, not, that's not a rule for everybody, every genre, every every band, right? You know what I mean? It's a truly, that's a truly unique, unique story. But, I mean, we, we, there's a lot of musicians, there's a lot of bands. How many examples similar to that we have? I mean, okay, obviously not everybody's good, as good to make it. Another example is Baraka Sound System. They're a band from Portugal. They sing in Portuguese with African-inspired sounds. They tour the world with that sound. People don't really say, oh, because they sing in Portuguese, we're not going to book them. They've been to Dubai. They've been to India. They've played all over. I don't know. Ultimately, I guess you have to ask yourself, what do you want at the end of it, like, with your sound? What do you want to sound like, you know? Uh, do you want to sound like everything else on the Sony shows? Or do you want to sound like something else that is different, that is more unique for other people, smaller audiences, and later on grow into becoming a bigger sound? Because I don't really know what the question is there. What, like... The initial question is why, for example, a band has to sound like has to have a certain... Who said that rule? We're talking about commercial. Ah, okay. yeah. So like, for my, so like for my business, you have to sound, for certain artists have to sound, you need to take the risk, you have to sound a certain way, right? It's, just, yeah. it's art as a business owner. But you right, I'm not the owner of Sony, but as a, a GM, I've got to make those decisions right. to... Just, I've got to make decisions to say for Sony, that's right for us, or that's not right for us, right? It's just, you know, we, everyone's got to respect each other's businesses at the end of the day. What I'm saying is absolutely 100%. I advocate and support wholeheartedly the export of local talent from the region. We've signed regional artists. We've signed artists singing in Arabic, artists singing in English. We're exporting that. We're trying to make that work. We've got artists, Arabic artists going out to Asia to do award shows. We've got artists writing music with Chinese artists that are going to be on albums in the new year. Well, in February, we're in the new year. So we're doing that. But sometimes it's not for every, every business. Every label's got different objectives. Shall we? Thank you. Thank you. All right, thanks everybody for your patience. Uh, sticking to the Q&A, thanks for the questions. Uh, I'd like to thank the guests. Virtual, Simon, Nerdsees, DJ Mo, Mike, and Lee. Round of applause for them. Uh, thank you to Intersect by Lexus. This place looks very chic and nice. I love doing it here. It was a nice place. Come back. I think there'll be more events over here, so just keep an ear out for that. And thank you to Brown Book for organizing the whole thing. Uh, stick around, I think there's canopies and champagne, although you can sip it and network and stuff, so thank you very much.